0: Welcome to the Messy Magic Podcast. I'm your host, Jill Morris, life coach for artists and musicians. I will help you manage your schedule and your mind so you can create more and work less. Let's go! All right, welcome, Jenny. Why don't you tell everybody who you are and what you do?
1: Hello, Uh, my name is Jenny Cotterill, and I am a member of the band Bad Cop, Bad Cop. And I'm also an artist and baker and sort of freelance person in general um, for creative projects.
0: (laughs) Awesome. And how long have you been in Bad Cop, Bad Cop?
1: We started in 2011, in January. So it's almost a decade together, which is crazy. Um, Yeah. last night, uh, celebrated Myra and Stacy's birthdays. They're a day apart. So it's like <laughs> a big family event. Um, and that was like, I just had a great time. You know, we, it's hard to get together. I feel like in these times and, and something that we took for granted forever, which is like eating in a restaurant together was like just so, so fun and weird. And, um, they are my family and my wives, kind of, you know. <laughs> yeah. <my> brothers, <laughs> yeah.
0: How do you maintain that? I mean, when they are like your family, obviously, that just is what it is. But how have you kind of fostered that? Were they like that before you were in the band or has that, like, grown over the years? Oh, wow.
1: We were strangers. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, our band was put together by um, this woman wow. named Jen Carlson, who's like a she's kind of like a mother of invention she's always putting together people and ideas and doing wild things um and she had been stacy's like music, musical life partner for about 10 years in a band called the angry futees oh. um which is a great band and uh they both kind of moved down from san francisco and were in another project called the city which was incredible um, it was the two of them and this woman named Char Pack, who is now, like, a famous, like, punk rock shoe designer, Charlotte Tedrick Shoes. I don't know if you know them. she's, like, that's a person who gets shit done. <laughs> she like – um, yeah, so I, when I met them all together, I was in a, a band called Cunts Bar, which was, like, a, a Cox Bar cover band using, like, acoustic and toy instruments that was, like, more of like a comedy show. Um but <laughs> but a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. My and my partner in that is like a is a kind of a witch internet wizard, tarot, goddess, illustrator, famous person named Sarah M. Lyons.
0: Oh yeah. Um, I know. Her.
1: Yeah. Right, I know. This is like really <laughs> kind of a, a boss lady summit of intersection. So we were like playing with them a lot and then um Jen just had this idea because she and Stacy met Myra at a at a party in San Francisco and found out she lives down here. And she was like, let's try this. Do you want to come over and play electric with us? And I was like, oh, my God, I'm out of my league. Yes, I'll be there. And, <laughs> um, and we had a great practice together because like Stacy writes and Jen wrote and I wrote. So there was like we immediately had like six songs and everybody was kind of singing and um, it was a very good first date, and, um, you know, Myra, we all kind of always played with mostly women, but I don't think had had the opportunity to play with exclusively women in a band, and it was, like, this fantasy that finally came true. Yeah, um, yeah. it's just, you know, I mean, you know, an entirely female space has, like, a very different energy. Um, totally. Yeah, So so, yeah, and then actually... Jen left the band after about a year, but not before literally introducing us to Lynn too. I mean, she put the whole, put the whole thing together for us mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, you know, excused herself. But um, <laughs> yeah, and that, and that was wild too, because the, the shift of like, you know, Lynn's capabilities are vast and varied and like, she's just so powerful and has so much energy. And so it was a we're, I think we're a different band, but also at the same time, the band that anybody would be familiar with is us with SLU. You know?
0: Yeah. Amazing. And how are you all managing still, like, creating and being together while having to do a lot of things virtual? Like, how are you handling the pandemic together?
1: Well, um, I, I – sometimes I'm hard on myself for like being (laughs) not being like um, an easy adopter of like things that are changing and shifting and, or like, you know, kind of beating myself up for like, why didn't I figure this out sooner? But, you know, we, we had, we were on tour when um, it became obvious that we needed to come home. We were in Europe and, um, and we had like the whole year booked out of touring because we have a new record. So we like finally had really planned ahead and you know, we're going to spend like, it was like, you know, and then we'll take a break in December. And then like, it was like,
0: you
1: yeah. are going to take a break now. And, um, and that's, so that was like unexpected, but also really, I think kind of healthy in a lot of ways for a lot of, us really for the whole band you know it's easy to get swept up in the kind of hamster wheel of like infinite things to do and answer for and keep up with and um touring is exhausting and I don't mean to like say I don't love it but it you know I it's a different I'm having a different time than what I thought I would be having and I'm it's good I get to spend time with my dog and um I had actually quit my job right before we went on this tour knowing that we were going to be gone and also knowing that I wanted to get back into freelance and maybe have some more time for art and um here I am like those wishes have been granted in a strange way (laughs)
0: yeah (laughs) so and how's that been kind of integrating that more into your life when because you all had been touring quite a bit right so that must have been a shift to doing this other sort of freelance work
1: oh my god yeah I was like I had like almost completely let go of the rope that was you know what I mean (laughs) like tied to uh artistic creative output you know it was like I would do things that we needed as needed but really was not able to um, really get any other work beyond that done. So, I mean, and there is a lot of design work and and art stuff in any given band to be done. And I felt like, um, again, it's like it, there's so much um, teamwork involved in sustaining anything that's <laughs> – um, kind of operating in that pace and so it was like you know I was keeping very busy but also like it was secret work and kind of limited to like digital stuff and I'm not really a digital artist so um so I am really glad I left my day job just that was sort of burning me out
0: yeah (laughs) yeah and so now what are you filling your time with what are you doing
1: uh well I have a a really healthy physical practice for probably the first time in my life, um, and I'm, like, getting enough sleep and taking good care of my home and myself and my dog, and, um, I still kind of not the best at relationships and keeping in touch with people, but it is something that I have had more space to kind of think about, um, And, uh, yeah, just getting back into freelancing as an artist has been really cool. And I've been, um, baking from home, you know, kind of, I, I, the job I left was at a bakery. Um, so it was like, which I love that work. I love that it's artwork that doesn't stick around that like, (laughs) you know, there's like very little waste involved the way that I was doing it. And, um, I also kind of love that act of just celebration and beauty it's like a bouquet of flowers you know I understand that that's not practical we all do but like the gesture of like a big exciting cake is like it's fun it's just for love and for fun and to celebrate something (laughs) so totally yeah so I was actually just talking to another um, musician before this who wanted to get a cool cake for their partner which I was like yes I totally want to make you this cake (laughs)
0: are you kind of doing that like if people want to like commission you to do it or are you just doing it for friends
1: um I'm open for commissions you know it's sort of it's got to be local I was I don't know if I should say this out loud because I understand you're not supposed to but I was mailing cookies and things like that to people um but I know that um the president has really put a stranglehold on the USPS and like that has in addition to being just terrible and about voter suppression has made it difficult to mail food. (laughs) So uh, again, I would love it if that guy would get the hell out of office, but um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm on
0: board with that yeah. <laughs> for everything. And for the cookies, right. For cookie yeah. sake, you know, <laughs> Please fucking loosen up. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm also curious, what was it like releasing your album during the pandemic and having that process just be so different than you thought it was going to be? <laughs>
1: um, well, you know, you make a plan. And like any any plan, you can't be too rigid. Our plan was like we're gonna tour everywhere and bring this to everyone and make music videos and blah 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 and um you know, it turned into what can we do um, and what is available to us, and that you know we did experiment obviously like like most people with live stream um, on social media platforms, which is like fun and accessible, but also the sound is garbage. You know that was kind of quickly ruled out as like a viable, <laughs> unless you're just a person with one instrument. You know what I mean? Yeah. Otherwise, the compression is like I hear no bass because I have no room for it. And um, so we very fortunately uh, we worked really closely with that mic on this album, and and he was like very he felt invested in it, and and he believes in it, um, which is like amazing and surreal and so he offered um that we come to his house and have like a listening party just like something knowing that like yeah that would be a draw sort of in itself whether or not it's like great sound in a show <laughs> um and then actually he just uh last weekend I mean he is a very creative person and I think these boundaries and parameters and stipulations are actually sort of like a fun challenge for him, which is like the healthiest way to look at things. Yeah. Um, so he put together uh, this thing, it was like live live at Fatties or something, or weekend at Fatties, and had us and a bunch of amazing bands over, <clears throat> and like brought, brought his like touring sound engineers out and like mixed the sound live, and it was awesome. So that was cool. Yeah. Really Generous of him to loop us in on that, and we uh, we just recorded a show that's going to be for sale. Maybe by the time this comes out, um, in conjunction with Amplified Ale Works. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, there's this incredible person named Aubrey who works for them and is just like a, an every media artist, and like she reached out about would we like to do a beer with them and would we maybe want to do a show and I was like oh
0: this is what I need to hear because (laughs) we do so (laughs) yeah that's so cool uh how do you manage all of your various creative ideas and creative endeavors (laughs) or like how do you know which one you want to prioritize um that's a great
1: question and 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 I'm I know this is audio, but I made a crazy face when, <laughs> when the word manage came up. Um, <laughs> I'm not a manager, um, but I, in in recent years, and, and kind of, I'm just developing this sort of all the time, like I, I try to, because I do, I'm very curious about almost everything, and I do, and most things sound good to me, um, and I have had a wonderful life saying yes to like pretty much everything that has come up and the more you say yes to the more kind of comes by but I also burned out and had to kind of come to the realization um that I don't have infinite time or resources and that like just kind of seeing that I was letting other people down by agreeing to all these things that I did want to do um so I had to like learn how to reel that in a little bit for myself and for other people just to be less of like a flake, you know, because it's not that I am a flake. It's that I was like overwhelmed and forgetting things because there was too many. So I'm just really trying to be mindful of like not taking on more than I can manage. And also um, asking myself when opportunities come up, if it's really what I would want to do or if I'm just, like, kind of flattered to be asked. (laughs) And, you know, like, I guess a good metaphor would be, like, grocery shopping with intention and meal planning in mind versus, like, going to the store hungry and stoned and being like, (laughs) I got dips and nine dips and nothing for dinner (laughs) and I have a zit now, like, yeah.
0: yeah, <laughs> we good, but you know, there's other things at yeah. good.
1: <laughs> yeah, it would be better if I just thought about what I really wanted and needed. So I'm sort of sort of new to that. <laughs> but yeah. I also have a, a a bullet journal. You know, my friend Sarah Lyon saved my life with that a couple years ago. <laughs> She's I like, I love a bullet journal. Tool? Yeah, write this all down in one place. <laughs> so yeah.
0: How did you manage? or I guess manage isn't, how did you, (laughs) (laughs) how did you handle, you know, touring so much? And because you said like, you're kind of uh, evaluating your relationships, like how do you kind of handle that when you are on the road so much? And then knowing like, you know, because you have like friendships around the world around the country when you tour. Um, But how do you handle the ones that are at home when you do tour that much?
1: Oh my gosh, that was the the disintegration of my home relationships is something that kind of signaled to me that I have a problem with maintaining them. Um, and and also now on the flip side, um, without touring, you know, I would just sort of I was kind of taking for granted that I would see all these people that I love and care about organically. In person, regularly, um, because that was kind of the schedule that we were keeping, and then, um, and then I just, you know, I would come home and be like, "Oh, I don't, I'm out of the loop, and I don't know what, and I'm not invited to anything anymore because it's like, well, nobody knows when you're home, and you don't keep in touch, and you don't like, you know, also social media is sort of like, um, it's it's a mirage of connection." you know sure. just and i was kind of guilty of like seeing people doing things and thinking somehow that like psychically they knew that i saw that they were up to something and that i love them right yeah <laughs> so, um so this has been uh, you know i've had to kind of face that and and i would say it's unresolved i'm i'm getting to be pretty good at keeping in touch with my family which was another thing i had sort of I guess I had been kind of just living very selfishly for every project in front of me and like letting my relationships and my health and my home and my, any other responsibility kind of fall by the wayside, which like that's all been turned on its head, obviously in the last six months. Um, But it's okay. I mean, everyone's a work in progress and. (laughs) Well, I
0: think the other side of it is that you know, yes, that all did happen, but you also focus and put all of your energy into something that you love and created something really great. So like there's, there is a balance that it sounds like you're finding now, but I mean, you also created so much and like have so far had a really amazing career from at least the outside it looks.
1: Thank you. Yeah. Sometimes in my like slowing down, which is what's happening right now, which I don't, I don't feel bad about it. You know what I mean? I'll look back and be like, well, I was much, my creative output like was much higher when I was out of balance and kind of had unhealthy work habits, (laughs) you know, whereas like now it's like, well, I feel like I'm going to live longer Mm -hmm. and I'm like much more connected to my body, which like I had been just not really listening to that, which is crazy. You know what I mean? To disrespect this, like, sacred vessel that carries our brain around. And, you know, um, so that's been, I'm just, you know, just kind of a different time and a different focus. And I'm grateful for it and listening to it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think even for those of us that weren't touring, and maybe even weren't, like, I wasn't even playing shows for the last two years, but anyone that was going to shows, just the loss of that is definitely, I feel like, mimics some of those feelings of, like, that was where I saw people. That's where I saw my my friends, like, you know, especially in the service industry when you're working weird hours, like, that's the time that you see all of the people. All at once. To not have those experiences, it, it does, like, turn that on its head of, like, oh, oh, there's other things that we do (laughs) to maintain those relationships. Um, And I think that's just being shown to all of us. So it's definitely, I mean, good in the sense that we are seeing like, okay, so how do we have connections when we don't have this just natural weekend activity for us all to go to? Um, I don't,
1: do you, I mean, I'm, I'm really not good at communicating with devices like I don't really like because I think because they are on all the time it's very disruptive to creative processes to like meditation to and like also working with your hands like if you touch your phone at a bakery you have to wash your hands before you right. continue doing whatever the fuck you were doing which is what you should be doing right. you know? <laughs> so it's like I just I have a lot of reasons like why I don't like this like tech and I much prefer organic interaction. Like, I feel like I'm better in person, like, than I am. You know what I mean? Like, I will yeah. go to answer a text message and see 19 that I didn't answer from the same person and be like, shit. You know, like, <laughs> it's not that I don't like you. It's just like, I didn't, it wasn't appropriate for me to answer. And then, like, here it is in my face, you know. So, I'm, I, am this has been a weird to have only that, you know. And then right. to safely you can't, you know, I, my best friend lives two miles away, but like, we're sort of out of each other's quarantine pods, you know? And so it's been like, I wish we could have a sandwich together, you know, but like. Yeah, totally.
0: Yeah, you know, those little things that we didn't realize were such a privilege before of like, yeah. having a sandwich with your friend. Yeah. I, mean, I, I FaceTime people and that's the closest that I can feel Yeah. Um, But it's definitely not the same. No. (laughs) Just like I'll you know I'll buy a concert and like or go to a virtual show and it still gives you a little bit of that but it will never be the same thing and I think you know part of it is just like not expecting it to be the same but also it'll be real Mm -hmm. nice when we can do that again.
1: (laughs) I just when you were saying that I was thinking of how it like it lacks the immersive quality. And like, I just pictured, I wonder if there's like billionaires who used to have home theaters who now have like home concerts with like mannequins and shit. And like, it's all dark and loud and like, you have to wait in line to get a beer but there's no one there. Like,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah but you still got to wait. Like yeah, yeah. there's not coming anytime soon. <laughs> yeah. There's stuff in front of you. So you can't really see the stage. Like, yeah, it's like. <laughs> I mean, maybe we should all set these up at our houses. Yeah. So yeah. Oh no, yeah. Like
1: those trucks that are like, your nine-year-old boy wants a video game party, I'm there, like, yeah. fucking, yeah, just show up, put my mannequins in your living room and some subwoofers and, like, yeah.
0: It's, <laughs> like, yeah, it's, like, Home Alone when he has the dance party, like, whatever. Right, <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's, like, a big guy that bumps into you a lot, like, yeah. I know, that's what I really miss, is, like, yelling at the dude that keeps pushing into me, right. like, who am I yelling yeah. at my dogs? It's not <laughs> the same.
1: Right, dropping <laughs> an earplug onto, like, a gross floor, yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. And (laughs) I miss it. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I I am curious because you talked about, you know, it is really, I think it is hard on the road to take care of your body. Like what are some of the things that now, you know, that you're kind of setting up these foundations, what are some of the things with that or anything that you think that you'll take with you, you know, when we come out the other side of whatever this is? Well, Okay so I
1: I had this like lifelong kind of absurd resistance to like physical exercise which like I'm wondering who taught me such a stupid thing you know <laughs> because it's like this is you feel better you you know what I mean like there's it's all good things and and like so I'm just I'm at the point now where finally like if I don't I like can't go to sleep which is like this is how it should be and my whole life it was like I uh, guess I'll get up and exercise. And it's like, I'm really just grateful to have finally inverted that like perverted outlook that I had. Um, and also like my gym closed for most of the pandemic, which is good, but then they reopened and I like went to check it out. And I was like, this is gross. I don't want to be here. So I will cancel this. And, and then I had just read, There's this witch that I really like named Sarah Faith Godestiner and she Mm -hmm. has, she has this cool zine about, it's called like Moon Money Magic and I had some, you know, weird issues about money. It's kind of a tangent, but she did suggest in the zine that like, um, you know, having a, like more of like an open, free flowing kind of ethos about money, um, and she suggested like tithing something that i care about and so i was like oh i'll just take my gym m- membership payment and put it to i chose like united we dream which is like a young undocumented um like activism empowerment group awesome. um which i was like oh cool so i i don't have to be bad i'm not going back to the gym i i found a way to exercise at home in the meantime that it was closed and like also instead of supporting something that, like, I don't feel safe being there and found out I don't need, you know what I mean? I can, yeah. and like, seamlessly just redirect that funding to something that, like, I feel is important, especially with our current administration and, like. Um, totally. So that was cool. Um, and also, like, just my regular kind of, like, not being able to purchase food easily, and, like, only cooking for myself, my body is, like, so happy. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like It's just so much happier. We, again, we went out for dinner for the girl's birthday last night, and, like, I was, like, I literally woke up in the middle of the night thinking I had COVID because my body was so out of whack from, like, all this, like, salt and sugar and, like, (laughs) I was, like, you have, like, a food hangover, you do not have COVID, like, yeah, (laughs) so you're gonna have to do something about this tomorrow, but, um, yeah, it was just kind of nice to, like, have things be calm enough to see how wild it is to put, like, a bunch of processed crap in your body that's, like, you know, anyway.
0: It, yeah, it definitely, uh, it hits you real quick when you've had (laughs) it out of your system for a while, just, like, any like allergen that you have. Like I, I can't have any dairy, but there was a time where I was like maybe, and I hadn't (laughs) had it for a while. My body was like, no, no, absolutely not for like three days. (laughs) Yeah.
1: This has been, it's been, it's been a wild day for me, but uh, but good to know, you know, Yeah. Um, yeah. And just also, I mean, I feel like Having the time to kind of slow down and maybe being forced to slow down, like, I had to think about some things. Like, I, I do have a really healthy journaling practice, and that has been sort of, sort of amazing during this time, you know, because it's like I'm, I'm documenting my emotions and thoughts and fears and reactions and ideas and, like, just kind of watching them change and evolve and accept and, you know, move into like, I don't know, that kind of knife's edge. You know, it's always changing. Um, It's been like really, really interesting with less kind of noise from the outside and like, you know, noise of things I'm putting in my body and noise of being exhausted all the time. And, um, just capitalist hamster wheel noise of like traffic and consumption and you know it's like been really cool I feel changed um kind of permanently
0: (laughs) yeah yeah and so now I kind of want to take it a little bit back because we haven't really talked about it but how did you get to like what was before bad cop bad cop and all of the bands that were before that like what was it like learning guitar and all of these things like what was your musical journey
1: well i i learned to play the guitar when i was um 12 i my family's not musical i don't have like stacy's father for example is like um, an incredible musician and she just was like set in front of things her whole life and played them all and you know um but my family was very like they just wanted to be kind of supportive of my education, so I think that's where they were like, okay, this is a form of education, and you seem interested, and um, so I kind of started there, and then it was like a like an emotional cathartic, helpful tool as a teenage person and young adult, um, and then I I actually got to join there's it's. <laughs> There's this band, they're on AF Records, it's called Introspect, and they have, um, it's, it's kind of, mostly it's this guy, Dave Small, who I love, and I really love Dave's mother. Um, she's one of the funniest, most fiercely intelligent, wild people I've ever met in my life. Um, <laughs> but they, he's had this, like, so many people have been in that band, because it's Dave's baby, you know what I mean? So I was, I actually kind of found myself in that band um, after moving to California and not really knowing anybody and um that was like my first like kind of chosen family um and I you know it was empowering I had never you know they have a record deal like this is something that I, I grew up in Michigan where like no one has a record deal and you know this these are things that happen to other people <laughs> and like you know you'll see them if they come through on town ta- you know on tour but like that was really cool and empowering and actually something I needed at the time. I was getting out of a know, a relationship that had switched into like very emotionally controlling and abusive. And like, um, so that was like a, like a way up and out and they were wonderful people. And I actually um, just got to see one of them, Chris, we did a tour with Leftover Crack and he's in that band now. And cool. I was like, dude, you guys saved my life. Like, <laughs> I don't know if I ever told you this, but uh, yeah. Um, and then I, I started a couple bands on my own and was, um, studying illustration in school. I did like community college out here, which is very good. Community college in California is very good. Um, and I lucked into going to Cal State Long Beach, which is like a secret art school at public school prices. And like, I think it's cool to learn about more than just art. So what I know a lot of people are frustrated within the program with that sort of thing, but I think anything you learn informs everything you do. So I found it to be very helpful as an artist to look, learn about a bunch of other shit. Um, and then I uh, thought I might want to teach, so I got an MFA. Um, but then I'm not so good at being on time and existing within bureaucratic systems <laughs> or working for the government. Um, yeah. So... <laughs> So I learned that once I got there. Um, and then, you know, I was playing in Bar at that point, which was how I met the girls in Bad Pop. And I kind of bounced around. I worked in animation. I worked at Titmouse for a little bit, which is like where all sorts of wild, incredible uh, cartoons happen. And that was a dream very fun place to work um and then I I worked at Hurley the action sports company for like five years and that was like unreal just you know a lot of like intense deadlines and kind of
0: unbelievable
1: dream budgets to like put together an art show and like build weird shit and yeah like skateboard legends and surf legends and like music legends like I remember I found even Adler, the drummer from Guns N' Roses, like wandering around the parking lot looking for oh the gosh. recording studio. I was like, "Are you looking for the studio? That's so <laughs>
0: I'll cool. show
1: you." Um, yeah, or like, um, it's just it was like a kind of a dream factory, um, and I got to work with one of my best friends there. It was just kick ass, and uh, and then we, as a band, got a chance to go on tour, and I, I just was like, I think I might be kind of done here. Um, and I'll just take this leap and go for that lily pad and see what happens when we're done. And um, after that, I wandered into working at this bakery that I just left, which was another wonderful, creative, exciting place for, like, five years. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Sort of a a five-year attention span for anything. And we're at the beginning of a new one, so we'll see.
0: (laughs) Yeah. How do you – I mean, does it just naturally happen or does your body or mind somehow say like, okay, it's been five years, like it's time to reevaluate or do you have like a, a process that you kind of go through that you're like, I think we're closing the door now.
1: You know, I think it's about repetition. Um, I have a averse like I, I really don't appreciate monotony and like anytime something gets, too repetitive I just I don't maybe maybe it's different now with like all this space and meditation (laughs) but like I just it makes me kind of sick to like do the same thing over and over again to the point where like I become very irritable and then you know it's hard to work with me or I'm I'm just very dissatisfied and kind of restless um but I have noticed it is kind of it's five years (laughs) You know, like, there will be a point maybe around three years where I'm like, mm, this isn't really going where I want to go, and then maybe we can fix it or change it, and and then, you know, watching that not really happen for the next two years and then just kind of knowing. Um, I don't know that that's necessarily, like, I don't think it's sustainable for me to, like, chew through things every five years, and I would love to work on that, and I'm wondering like I said, what this next kind of portion of my life looks like.
0: (laughs) But, um, yeah. When you are looking ahead, what do you see? Like, what would you like it to look like if you're thinking right now? Um,
1: Well, I definitely want to be – there have been moments in my working life where I – what I'm doing is not – as in line with my values as it probably should have been. Um, So for me, moving forward um, at this point in my life, like I know I will never work for someone or something that is abusive to the planet or other people. Um, And I think I'm seeing that like kind of more than ever that like what I choose to do, um is a statement in itself and you know with like after George Floyd was murdered and everybody is like oh fuck what are we doing about this thing that has been going on as long as this country has been around and longer um I felt like a lot of people pretty like powerless and then um I saw a model set forth by a friend of mine who's an artist and like Typically, artists don't have a lot of money. Maybe you've heard that, um, and like a lot of what seems to be helpful is money for you know nonprofits or like causes. If you can't show up and physically be there for some reason, anyway. So my friend was like auctioning her artwork, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I do. I do have these other things, um, and I also have this like I have a platform. Um, so I'm just trying to like." Think about what i'm doing with those resources which and kind of identifying resources that are not necessarily monetary which is again in alignment with like i am not i am an anti-capitalist and i think i've kind of come to really meditate on that deeper in this time um and i don't think there's a reason for me to compromise on that you know i'm never going to be like i'm now I want to make something of plastic and have it manufactured in a country with lower environmental protection so that I can make it cheaper for people who only care about a bottom line and consuming something. Like, I don't feel that I have any place in that wheel. Um, And then actually also knowing that, like, if you share things that you care about, like, other people can learn from them. Like, I just, um, my friend who's a tarot reader um, is coming out with her own deck And I was working with her on that, which was very cool. Like, I was just like, this is my dream job. Like, supporting a person who's got a very ethical small business. Like, you know what I mean? We're all into, like, paying fairly. And it was glorious. And I just really love and respect her. And she was, she's doing this via Kickstarter. And she was like, I could do it for cheaper if I did it, you know, with, like, poisonous inks in another part of the world. And she's like, but I just think people would appreciate it if I did it with a small company with like water-based inks and, you know, an environmental practice that's like sustainable. And I was like, a hundred percent. You know what I mean? Like you're, I want to know this. That's how I want to spend my money. And anyway, so I don't, I don't really know. I also really enjoy, you know, education or maybe helping people connect with their creativity. I love what you're doing. I think your practice is like super valuable and like, just offering supportive resources to people, you know. Thank you. If you are listening to this and somehow have not listened to the rest of the episode, <laughs> go back in time. <laughs>
0: like, you know. Yeah, and I, I mean, I think it's so important to hear other people. Like that's why I'm doing this because I think it's so important to hear other people that are creative and you know, wherever they're at on their journey, that anyone listening can connect with some piece of it and know that anything is possible for them as well. Like, how do you think, what advice would you give to someone who is in a creative position right now that's feeling, you know, kind of stuck by the circumstances? And like, how would you encourage them to nurture that?
1: Well, first, I would remind them that they're a creative person, and that This is a really, this is obviously, like, a really difficult time. But one of the first things that I found to be kind of grateful for is, like, I'm a creative person. You know what I mean? Like, if I can't think of something to do, I'm not digging, you know? That's what we do is, is think of things that haven't happened yet or ways to do things that have not been done or, you know, use what you have seen and modeled as like a stepping stone to guide you to the next move. Like this is, um, things are being shaken up harder than I think any of us have seen in, in Western culture in our lives. Um, and I think that's a chance to like envision something else and, and envision something better. Um, there is always a tendency when something changes to like lament the loss of the familiar, but like familiar is not always better. Just think of like a bad relationship. Yeah, you know, what I mean? like we've all had friends who are like, "Oh, you broke up with that person, but they were terrible." Right, and I know you're sad that you're lonely, but like, holy shit, this is great news. <laughs> you know, like, you yeah, do anything better than that, you know, like, so it's this is kind of where we're at. Like this, our system is broken. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were just comfortable with it. I just, even thinking about daily commutes in traffic, like gross, that we were all comfortable with that.
0: There's yeah. No reason. There's still a lot of traffic in Seattle and I don't understand it. That's like crazy. what, like, what are y'all doing? Go we're going, <laughs> you know, where are you going, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, I think that's such an important point too. And that, you know, it's not to diminish that people do mourn some of the things that are lost. And like, there were a lot of things, there are a lot of things that we have lost that are worthy of mourning and things that aren't, but like, it's still an experience that we have, but that there is so much opportunity and where we're at right now to create something new. And especially for those of us who, I mean, I think everyone is an artist, so it just takes a little bit of like, tapping into that energy, but Those of us who recognize it and feel creative, like this is our time to make it better and make it equitable and make it something that fosters all of our creativity instead of this mindset of like capitalism that's like artists don't make money because why? Right. (laughs) I'm only worth this because that's the going rate.
1: And then it's like, I'm noticing that there generally is... An uptake in empathy for a living wage yeah. for the first time ever. You know what I mean? I'm not talking to people who are screaming at me about the price of a cake anymore because they're not. You know, it's like you know that there are bills to be paid. Yeah, <laughs> so you remember that right now instead of like you know. So
0: yeah, that's a good point. That it's it's just. You know, this has always existed, like the bills. Yeah. <laughs> and, it, and it's just for some reason because of of the fact that some things are uncertain right now that people are like, oh, yes, you have bills to pay. That's right. Right.
1: Yeah. you human too. I did because last year not- too. It's funny. I yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> no one cared about those. But <laughs> 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 yeah. yeah, I think, yeah, I think this also just the being – it's that shaking up and shaking loose, like you, if you didn't think of something outside of your normal kind of window of experience during these six months, like you had to really work hard to deny your mind going to new places, you know what I mean? So, I just think again with like the, the kind of power and force with which people are protesting, um, systemic racism is because everyone is disenfranchised right now, you know? Totally. You have to, you know, I don't know. So it's a weird, scary time, but also like some amazing things can happen in weird, scary times,
0: you know? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And those exist. It's that dichotomy of life. Like... It's challenging, and we have opportunities, and right you know, they can exist. Before together. that, it was gridlock. You know, you can't change <laughs> them. And I love
1: people being like, "Well, people never change," and it's like, "What the fuck? They don't. They yeah. change every day."
0: The <laughs> uh, Seattle City Council just approved defunding of the police yesterday, so <gasps> things do change. Oh my god! Super exciting. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So That's thank- beautiful. Things happen. I we mean, honestly,
1: hard. just those
0: words a couple months ago. I know. know. Yeah. Ugh. We're like, so wow. Yeah. Like the things that we're talking about now that are, that we're seeing are possible now. Like last year you would have been like, okay, <laughs> like that's me. Yeah. And wow. now we're like, yeah, we worked for that. Yeah. Like, oh, that's,
1: that's so cool.
0: I So when you are thinking about the future, and I know I asked, like, what do you see for it? But, like, when you're thinking about music specifically, and, you know, I think eventually, obviously, we will go back to having live shows. And there will be some sort of what we had in the past. But, like, when you're reimagining for the future, what are some things that you think about for music and playing shows and touring and all those things? Well, I, I I've, you know, in the last couple months maybe
1: weeks even, hard to say. I think I finally became comfortable with, like, this This may never return to what you knew, which is, I don't want that, obviously, um, because I love, we have a wonderful booking agent, and I think that person deserves to thrive, and people love seeing shows, but, like, I know expecting a person to, to somehow support their family in this vacuum, you know, is unreasonable. So, like, I hope that this something works soon for him and for that industry and for us. But at the same time, I think, you know, we were talking last night about, like, we are able to, what what can we do now? And that includes, like, you know, we could record things. Um, We could make music videos. We can try all these different platforms um, getting into different, you know, lanes than just, oh, we're a band. We get up on stage, we play the same 45 minutes and put it in the van and do it again tomorrow. Um, It's like, would that mean releasing singles versus albums? Does that mean EPs, which I fucking love an EP because the gestation period is shorter and, you know, you're able to, like, move forward and, like, kind of have more of a healthy birthing process, I
0: guess. <laughs> like, sure, yeah. Um,
1: you know, and then people don't have to wait so long. There's just no way that they're going to, like, whoops, forget about you. Like, you know, so that may be what happens. Um, it's it's kind of anyone's call at this point. I mean, di- thank God for digital platforms, which at this, you know, at, at a point maybe 15, 20 years ago when Napster was getting sued, <laughs> seemed like, <laughs> the nail in the coffin, and it was like, this is all we have now, you know, it's like, um, I just don't know, I think, you know, new mediums, new platforms, these online shows are cool, but like, I, I'm not really like a person who consumes a lot of like online media, Um, I know that's all we have now, but um, maybe that'll change, but to me, like, looking at a screen is like, it doesn't, I'm not that into it, you know, so, but I am still listening to music, Um, you know, I don't know, maybe it's like a, maybe it's like a calliope, and you, like, drive really slow down the street on a parade float, and, like, (laughs) you know, play your show that way.
0: Yeah, I just, I mean, I just had in my head, like, it's sort of like a was that Say Anything, where he's, like, outside with the boombox, but you just, right. like, you go to someone's front yard, and, like, the neighborhood yeah, Like to a enjoy or something?
1: Like- oh, we are so down to play outside your love's window if you are in the Los Angeles <laughs> area. Hit me up on Cameo, yeah.
0: Like- got <laughs> yeah, like a live Cameo outside your window. Totally.
1: Like- well, I mean, that, which, you know, some pe- sometimes people are like, I want you to come play my birthday party, and, like, before it was harder because it was like, well, we would have to be home and it's like now everybody's home so as long as we can get to your house and play in your backyard i don't really see why not as long as there's not that many people there and your neighbors aren't mad um right. <laughs> you
0: know yeah totally we uh we did karaoke in our backyard one time on my birthday and in the morning i guess my partner was outside smoking and heard the neighbor like yeah it was kind of loud but like you know, they sounded kind of good, so I wasn't too mad about it, I was like, that was the best birthday gift yeah. I've ever received,
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> we did
1: sound good, oh, like, uh, well, I mean, yeah, my neighbors are still funny, they're like, everyone's home, everyone's laid off at home, and like, they, everyone seems to have a very good stereo system, like, <laughs> get away with something here, but, <laughs> yeah,
0: <try>. yeah. <laughs> Okay, I have one final question for you, which is, what are you most proud of yourself for? Oh my gosh. Uh, I think I'm most proud of myself for my
1: recent, like, self-work in, you know, in in with the intention of, like, becoming a better citizen. I, like you know, have taken the time and invested time and money and effort into, um, my own, like, mental health and emotional practices and issues and, like, um, that has been, if I could give something to, like, everybody with, like, a magic wand, it would be that, you know, A, the understanding that, like, it's important and totally valid to take care of yourself and what that really means. It doesn't mean like online shopping and bath bombs. It means like looking at places that you maybe have been injured or incomplete and uh, embracing them and what it might mean to correct and support where you need to um, because then you can help other people really instead of like, like I'm, I'm sure a lot of people read this book in the last couple months, but like in uh, me and white supremacy uh, the author outlines like all this, like in particular, like performative allyship, which I was like, gosh, there's so much performative, everything going on. There's performative, love and happiness on Instagram there's like in addition to performative allyship there's performative self-care and like while it may get close to the real thing it isn't the real thing and the real thing requires like a deeper more honest understanding so I just I'm 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 proud of myself for ever taking the time to look at this it's not like I'm done I'm a fully formed human now or anything but like this knowing to look and seek and try to improve and and then I see like these kind of rifts in people I care about you know and the way that it like drives them to be self-destructive and it's not that I'm judging them but it's like I hope you find it and I hope you take the time to find it and and care enough about yourself and this world to go there and look
0: yeah you know yeah, I think, in and, you know, when not only in a sense of, like, performative allyship of, like, you know, the job is really to, like, continually do the internal work so that you can do external work, but it's similarly, like, when you're doing internal work in any sense, that opens up the possibility for those around you to see, yeah. oh, like, I don't have to feel this way. I don't have to make these decisions. I can make other decisions. Oh my god. I think yeah, like it's it's so valuable for yourself and everybody around you because inevitably that just radiates out. It does. And I you know I'm lucky to have um
1: really wonderful people that I share my life with and I'll just say, you know, Stacy D when she got sober about five years ago i mean she i love her to death and she's always been talented and you know she's my she's a life partner of mine for sure forever and um but that change she just like she's very powerful has very powerful energy um you know, sometimes it's chaotic, which is hilarious. When that happens, I'll be like, "You are an agent of chaos." And she's like, "I know, I'm too wild." But it's like she's just very, like, <laughs> very powerful, kind of contagious energy. But like when it's focused on like love and and openness, it's like I just she really because I was like, I think I have pretty good self esteem and a good I feel self actualized. But like when I look back five years ago, like I wasn't. And that person kind of making this, like, declaration to operate only from love and, like, never talk bad and, like, never engage in, like, you know, jealousy or starvation econ- e- economics. Like, it just really was, like, of course I was, like, you're high still. You know what I mean? But then it was, like, I thought about it more and I saw where it, where it led and, like, that it is just, like, you can just turn it off if you yeah. know to look for a switch. Right, Um, You know, so really it was like a, a reckoning for everyone in our band, (laughs) you
0: know? Yeah. I love that. I mean, yeah. And that just shows the power of that, that like, that was what it was for you. And now you have the opportunity to be that for others, which is amazing. It's the beautiful cycle. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much. This was so great. Just really great insight. I love, everything that you do so I really appreciate you coming on do you want to let everybody know how they can find you and support you and listen to you and all of those things
1: yeah um well first thank you for having me on your amazing program thank you for what you're doing for everybody I really love it and support it and I'm so excited to talk to you and meet you thank Um, you yeah good job (laughs) 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 good job Um, Yeah, you can hear my band. Um, We're on Spotify and iTunes and all that stuff. And if you want to give us money, we are on Cameo. And also we have um, physical items available for sale through Stupid Rad merch. And then also if you're in Europe or the UK, our friend Enis runs a shop called T-Mom merch, which is like TM but T mom. And that's all super ethically created and sourced and sustainable and like really super good for the planet, which is crazy. Um, It's really hard to do that. And um, I myself am on the Instagram. That's probably where I'm kind of only active, but that's my name, which is difficult to spell, but it's Jenny Cotterill, J E N N I E T O -T T E R I L L. That is my handle. Very creative. (laughs) Um, i have a baking page too which is jenny bakes things
0: um i don't know (laughs) yeah and i'll put all those in the show notes so everyone can find the links there as well but thank you so much thank you have a great rest of your evening if you liked this podcast you'll love working with me your art your music could change the world so what are you waiting for the link to chat with me is in the show notes so head there and let's get going Alright, I'll see you next week on the Messy Magic Podcast. Bye!